0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness is built to take you further off the beaten path. It has 9.5 inches of ground clearance paired with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive, plus off-road wheels, rugged all-terrain tires, and advanced dual-function X-Mode to help you get through deep snow, gravel, and mud. The 2024 Subaru Outback Wilderness, adventure elevated. Visit Subaru.com slash Wilderness to explore the family of rugged Subaru Wilderness models. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time
1: and if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just six dollars limited time only price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer single item at regular price Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: all right I changed my mind the Carolina Panthers should go all in on an edge rusher at 39 I'll tell you right here I'm locked on Panthers
1: you are locked on Panthers your daily Carolina Panthers podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
2: Welcome into to another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where on Fridays I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me. Over on Twitter, at Julian Council to participate in the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. And quick programming note, there will not be a weekly Friday mailbag this Friday as I'll be reacting to the Carolina Panthers take with the number one overall pick on Thursday night's first round of the 2023 NFL draft. And speaking of that pick, we've known for a while now that the Carolina Panthers are leaning towards Alabama quarterback Bryce Young. Despite Bryce Young weighing at the combine at 204 and being listed at 510 and then deciding to not be weighed in at his pro day, the Carolina Panthers appear to be set to take Bryce Young as their franchise quarterback. Now, there's plenty of people out there who are still in denial. I know this guy who seemingly every day is on Twitter talking about how Will Levis is going to be the pick and the Carolina Panthers have just been using Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud as a smokescreen and even Anthony Richardson and Will Levis is going to be the guy. No one is saying that. I don't know how you're living in this delusional world. It's possible. It could happen. Scott Bitterer said last week that they are going to weigh all their options and they have not made a decision. That was last Tuesday. Now we're sitting here this Tuesday. The Carolina Panthers have probably already made their mind up. And when Peter King... And Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen are all coming out and telling you that the Carolina Panthers are going to take Bryce Young because that's what the league believes that they're going to do. And when all the mock draft people like Matt Miller, like Dane Brugler, who he had on the show, are telling you this, you have to believe them that Bryce Young is likely going to be the pick here in Carolina. Of course, things can change. I just have a hard time believing with all the smoke that there's not fire in the woods, telling you that Bryce Young is going to be the pick here in Carolina, and that is true. So we'll see how it plays out on Thursday night, but by all accounts, Bryce Young is going to be the pick for the Carolina Panthers on Thursday evening. And I understand there's going to be some people who don't love that because of the size, and they also might love guys like Will Levis. They might love Anthony Richardson, and I think Richardson might have the highest ceiling based off of the physical attributes, which are undeniable, the athleticism. The dude is a freak athlete. We had that here in Carolina before with Cam Newton. But Cam did not have a staff like the Carolina Panthers have now with Frank Reich as the head coach here to build him up. He did not not have the wide receiver core. Of course, this is not a good one at all right now. But I think eventually they're going to build a good wide receiver core and a good foundation around this quarterback. And this is the best place for an Anthony Richardson type of player to come. Same thing with Bryce Young. CJ Stroud will Levis, but it does not appear that he's going to be the pick. And I understand folks who would want him. I understand people who want CJ Stroud, who want Will Levis. But unfortunately, for those of you that's what you that's what you want, it looks like Bryce Young is going to be the guy. And I would just encourage everyone just to wrap their mind around that right now. You got forty-eight hours, you get to Thursday night, they yell out Bryce Young is the guy, and then you just got to embrace him. I do not want to be sitting here over the next couple of months listening to people bitch and moan because the Panthers did not take the guy that they wanted. Let it play out. Let's see if he can hack it in the NFL. I think he can. Durability is not as big of a concern for me as it is for plenty of the detractors out there. I think he's the best quarterback in this draft class. I think clearly the last two seasons, he was the best quarterback in college football. I looked at what Alabama had around in the last two years, especially last season. It was not the same as what C.J. Stroud had at Ohio State, and C.J. Stroud is excellent. I think he has a chance to be a very good player in the NFL. I do not think that he's better than Bryce Young, and I don't think he's going to be better than Bryce Young. It can happen, certainly. I'm not going to rule it out. Just to me, from what I have seen, Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class. The way he processes, the way he's able to play off script, the way that he's able so be accurate the football, put it in the right places, how he's led his team at Alabama in situations that have not always been perfect. And I know, I know it's Alabama. What you think of is all the championships, which you rightfully should think. He played for a national championship. He won the SEC. But y'all, the dudes he was playing with last year were not that talented. At least they have not shown their talent yet at the collegiate level, like what CJ Stroud had has with Marvin Harrison Jr., Ameka Abuka, Garrett Wilson, the reigning NFL Offensive Rookie Player of the Year, with uh, Chris Olave, who had a great season in New Orleans with Jackson Smith and Jigba. He didn't have that talent. Not last year, though. Yes, he had Jamison Williams, who six-game suspension for gambling. What are we doing, dude? He's yet to make an impact on the NFL because of the ACL Terry had in that national championship loss against Georgia, and now a six-game suspension going into next season coming up here. He had Jameson Williams, at John Metchie, who unfortunately has yet to make an impact in the NFL as well because of a cancer prognosis, and I'm hoping he's doing well. Bryce Young did not have that talent this past year, and he was more impressive than he was in 2021 when he won the Heisman Trophy because we got to watch Bryce Young carry an offense, and a college football discussion could be, where would Nick Saban at Alabama program be right now had they not had Bryce Young the last two years, who was the best college quarterback in college football the past two seasons? in my opinion. Bryce Young, can, he's a good player. And they have the right coaching staff around him. Do they have the players around him yet? No. Offensive line-wise, I think so. But skill position-wise, absolutely not. And we're going to have to see how that develops over the course of time. And hopefully, this time next year going into the draft, we're not talking so much about what the wide receiver core looks like and if there's enough talent around Bryce Young. I'm hoping that the case is that they have the talent. And I believe that Scott Bitterer, Dan Morgan, and that front office will go out and make that a priority next season, especially after they watch what's not going to be a very good wide receiver core this upcoming season here in Carolina. But we've seen Bryce Young play with a skilled position group that was lacking. Now, it's different in college. There's plenty of those guys aren't going to be NFL guys where here in the NFL, everyone, of course, is an NFL talent. But where do they stack up at their position in the league, no one on this roster at their current talent level in age and status is viewed as a top-tier wide receiver. And that will be a position that the Carolina Panthers certainly need to address. But I believe Bryce Young is the right pick for the Carolina Panthers. I've told you all from day one that I am a Bryce Young guy. I have a feeling still in my heart that, man, Anthony Richardson would be so fun to watch develop and could be the dude who ends up being the best out of the four quarterbacks here. But based off what I've seen and what's been reported, Bryce Young should be the pick and will be the pick for the Carolina Panthers. And the best thing for you to do is just to embrace it, get behind him, get behind his front office, his coaching staff, and hope for the best. Because really, that's all we can do, anyways. We can say whatever we want in the microphone, on a podcast. We can tweet ever tweet out whatever we want. We can go to whatever message boards. Doesn't really matter. They're gonna make a decision. We have to hope and pray. That they get it right and that they go about it the right way, which I think they have throughout this process of going to the pro days, the top 30 visits, the dinners, looking at the S2 testing, meeting with them in person, bringing that large traveling party throughout the country to make sure that they got enough perspective from each and every individual there and sat down and talked about it. You cannot fault the Carolina Panthers for how they've gone about this process over the last month and a half. It's been exactly what every Carolina Panthers fan should have wanted. And that's what they received. So come Thursday night, looks like Bryce Young's your quarterback. I just hope you all get behind him. Now, with the Carolina Panthers at a wide receiver at 39, that's been something I've been clamoring for. But recently, I've changed my mind. I think they should go to edge. I'll tell you why here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. But before we do that, let me tell you about FanDuel, our official sports betting partner here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Grand Slams, no hitters, and double plays are back, and there's no better place to get in on the MLB action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now, New customers can step up to the plate with a no-swept first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. So don't miss your chance to get a no-swept first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich.
2: Whether you want to believe it or not, the Carolina Panthers have one of the worst receiving cores in the NFL. Day one last year, the Carolina Panthers had DJ Moore coming off of, what, three straight 1,000-yard seasons. Robbie Anderson, who had a down year, but the hope was he could bounce back in play like he played in 2020 when he had a career year here in his first year in Carolina with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback and Joe Brady as the O.C., and then they had Shai Smith, who had a really good preseason and training camp. And the hope was, all right, let's see what Shy Smith can do. Going into week one this year, the thought is that Adam Thielen, who had a fantastic career in Minnesota, but is an aging player, who the Vikings, who are still a team that have Super Bowl aspirations, have decided to move on from for a reason. If Minnesota felt like Adam Thielen had a lot to provide, he would still be in Minnesota, especially having been a homegrown player. But I still, I still excuse me, believe that Adam Thielen can give the Panthers something at least this season. But he is by no means the same player he was a couple seasons ago, which, of course, time and age does that. That's why he's here in Carolina and not in Minnesota. DJ Chark spent time in Jacksonville to start off his career, was last year in Detroit when he's healthy. Is a deep ball threat, which the Carolina Panthers certainly have been lacking the last couple of seasons. Robbie Anderson was thought to be that guy. Seemingly week one against the Raiders, against the Jets, against the Browns. It happens then. The rest of the season, MIA. The hope is that DJ Chark can fulfill that role and expand upon his route tree, Here in Carolina, but he's only here on a one-year deal. Now, Terrace Marshall, a player who showed a lot of promise towards the end of last season, heading into a critical year three for him where the Carolina Panthers were hoping on the outside he can finally show that first-round grade talent that he showed coming out of LSU back in 2021 when the Carolina Panthers got him in the second round. A whole new starting receiving core likely heading into week one when you look at those three players compared to what they had a year ago. Now, Shai Smith still on the roster. Laviska Chenault still on the roster. They've added Demir Bird. It's a whole new looking wide receiver core since trading Robbie Anderson, trading DJ Moore over the last six whatever months it's been since Robbie first was shipped off and then DJ was traded a month ago. It's not a great wide receiving core. It's not going to be one that scares NFL teams heading into the 2023 season. But it's better than what it could have been had they not gone out and brought in Thielen. And Shark, it's honestly better than what the Carolina Panthers had last year, even with Moore still on the roster. Now, no player is better than DJ Moore. You have to understand that. But as far as the depth, though, it's a lot better because it was DJ and it was Terrace and that was it. Now it's Thielen. Now it's Shark. Now it's Terrace. You can get something out of LaVisca Chenault. Demir Bird, he's going to have a role here in Carolina. It's a deeper group, but it's still not a group that necessarily scares you if you're a team out there in the NFL but you add in Hayden Hurst, you add in Miles Sanders, you feel better about the overall ability of those offensive skill position players to catch the football and then to do something with it when last year it was one, it was two guys. It was Christian and DJ. Then it was like one and a half guys with DJ and Terrace Marshall. All that to be said, there is not a wide receiver right now under contract here in Carolina, who we can confidently say will be here in four or five years' time. You can't say that. You can hope, like with Terrace Marshall, which I'm certainly hoping will be the case, but we cannot say that right now with extreme confidence that the Carolina Panthers have someone who you'll be able to rely on in 2028 and even beyond that. There is no wide receiver one, and looking at this draft class, I don't think there's a wide receiver one to be had for Carolina, especially at 39. Now, for the last couple weeks, I've felt like looking at the wide receiver position group in that room, the Carolina Panthers should be looking at a wide receiver at 39 so that they could at least get someone who's going to be under contract for the next four years and someone that this young quarterback can build around. But when you look at this wide receiver class, it's a lot of small guys who play in the slot. And Adam Thielen is going to get the bulk of the snaps in the slot for the Carolina Panthers this upcoming season. It may not make that much sense to have a Josh Downs here in Carolina when he's going to be playing behind Adam Thielen. Now, Thomas Brown, Frank Reich, this offensive staff would be wise if Downs or a player like him is ready to find a way to get him on the field. But Thielen's getting paid a lot of money, and there's a reason why they brought him here to Carolina, and we all know how excellent a route runner he is and the kind of professional and leader he's going to become in this locker room in Carolina. So looking at the wide receiver class, which isn't overwhelming – and it really isn't that deep, the Carolina Panthers are probably better served getting an edge rusher at 39 if given the opportunity. Pro Football Focus, they do the draft simulators. Y'all know all about that. I get tweeted and tagged in those all the time. I was doing work with Bleacher Report on Friday, and they asked me to do a mock draft of my own. I cringed at the fact of doing that, but I also decided, all right, why not? Getting paid to do it is not that big of a deal. honestly enjoyed doing it. I came to the conclusion based off of the simulator I did, that B.J. Ogilari at LSU would be the perfect pick for the Carolina Panthers. Now, we've talked about this with Matt Miller, with Dane Brugler. There's been several people, whether we affiliated with the Carolina Panthers, or just with the NFL, who have mocked B.J. Ogilari, the edge rusher at LSU, to 39 for the Carolina Panthers there in the second round. And it would be an excellent pick. Frankie Luvu Marquise Haynes, both of them good players in their own right. Haynes didn't get much out of him until the final Six or seven weeks of last season, according uh, especially mainly, excuse me, the two sacks that he had there to end that Falcons game on Thursday Night Football. He had a goose egg going into that game. He ends up closing out that game, with the Panthers winning big, a big home game in the rain on Thursday Night Football. Frankie Louvu, first year as a starter, seven sacks. I just don't think that you can go into 2023, new scheme, and bank on Frankie Louvu and Marquis Haynes going out there and giving you 12 sacks combined. Again, in 2023. And that's not to say that whoever the rookie edge rusher is, if it's a B.J. Ozilari, is going to go out there and give you that kind of production. But at that position, and right there at that value of 39, where Scott Federer, again, has said between 20 and 45, is, there's a ton of value there, and that's where you can get a prime player who can come in and help you out, and that's why he didn't want to move off of that pick, and he wanted to give away 61 instead, the pick they got from San Francisco in a McCaffrey trade, because you can get a prime-time kind of player like an Ogilari at that type of position, like edge rusher, which the Panthers desperately need. I don't think Etor gross is ever going to turn into that guy for the Carolina Panthers. Henry Anderson certainly not going to be asked to do that. They just drafted Amari Barno a year ago. I understand that. And there is the potential now with this new coaching staff that Omari Barno probably fits better in a 3-4 scheme and can help the Carolina Panthers. I, we just haven't seen that just yet. And it's not like he's been given the opportunity. I just feel looking at it overall, and y'all have looked at it in totality as well, you got Brian Burns. He's got the, He's probably going to get paid here in the next two weeks or so. A ton of money. He is someone who has been a back-to-back pro bowler, has all pro potential. That's it. That's the only guy that, on money downs, you really can count on. And Haynes has shown, situationally, sometimes he can be that guy. But mainly, it's been Brian Burns. Of the guys on the roster, can you find someone who can take some pressure off of him while also developing Barno? Having Louvu and Haynes as two guys you can deploy in that situation and have a better overall pass rush. When you look at the numbers from 21 to 22, they didn't really drop off that much. They went from 39 sacks to 35. But as far as having premier pass rushers, you went from having two to one. And I'm not saying that the guy at 39 is going to turn into that day one, but going into year two, year three, could they be that on a cheaper salary, a rookie wage salary, while you're paying Brian Burns top-end money, and then you still have players like Frankie Lube and maybe Marquise Haynes around? That sounds like a situation the Carolina Panthers should be looking to sign up for. At corner, I do believe they need to find some sort of depth there. After watching C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor struggle the last couple seasons, and, of course, Dante Jackson and J.C. Horn not be able to be on the field as much as, of course, all of us would like for them to be, and the hope is that they will be healthier. Although I have my concerns about Dante Jackson coming off that Achilles, and maybe with the new coaching staff, those corners like C.J. Henderson and Keith Taylor can step up, and you got Eric Rowan here as well. Maybe they can step up and be relied upon, but so far, you can't say that, and the Panthers are going to need a plan after this season if Dante Jackson is not able to stay healthy, or he's not able to be the same player he was before, or if they decide, hey, it's time to move on and go find another cornerback that can play opposite of J.C. Horn. Deep corner class, that's something they should be looking to address, but at 39, probably not. Maybe at the inverse, in the third round at 93, but at 39 edge rusher. To me, that feels like the pick the Carolina Panthers should be looking to go out there and make. Of course, best player available, positional needs, you got to weigh all of that. But if it comes down to you want a wide receiver, an edge, or a corner, and they all are about equal, and we're looking at needs, the greater need to me heading into the draft on Thursday night, finally, I've seen the light, it's edge rusher. That's not the only need. And this is something that came up or at least came to the realization of last week when uh, looking at the depth chart going to uh, the draft on Thursday, the Panthers really could use an offensive lineman, and primarily a tackle because that is a group on this roster that kind of concerns me depending on what happens health-wise with some of these guys moving forward. So we'll get into that here in just a moment on Locked on Panthers. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Getting to know yourself can be a lifelong process, especially because we're always growing and changing. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding, because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we react the way we do until we talk through things. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. If you're thinking of starting therapy, get BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com lockedon locked on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, hel locked on.
0: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me.
2: All right, so I've seen the light. Edge rusher, that should be the pick for the Carolina Panthers at 39. Of course, you know, looking at how things play out, if the right guys there on the board, if there's not a wide receiver that fits better or a corner that fits better, best player available, all that kind of stuff. If we're deciding, all right, simply positional, breakdown, looking at needs, edge rusher, bigger need than those three. And corner, I could look at that as being a massive need too and – And there's an argument to be made that that might be the more important position right there at 39. But apparently corner is a deeper position group in this draft edge. Not necessarily, but you can get some pretty good guys like an Ojolari at LSU there at 39. We'll see how it plays out for me right now. I would feel really good if they get a guy at 39, who's an edge rusher. Honestly, I'd be fine if it's a wide receiver or a corner, any of those three positions at 39. I'm cool. I'm going to put my faith and my belief and my trust the Scott Fitter and all the people working that war room that they'll get the right pick and that they'll make the right decision and they know what's best for the organization. I merely am just a podcast host talking about this team Monday through Friday. i um, just trying to uh, come up with things to say as this draft is dragged on for so long. Now the good thing about the draft dra- uh, dragging on or the draft season rather dragging on for so long is you come to new realizations, not just, oh man, edge rusher that's what they should do at 39 but also like oh man the offensive line how much depth is there right now so you look at it we'll go left to right starting offensive line what it was last year and what we projected to be going into this upcoming season left tackle you got Ike Aquano great rookie year yes Tampa game whatever he's a good player I, you did not think too much about A.K. last year. In years past, you have complained about Matt Khalil. You have complained about Marshall Newhouse. You have complained uh, about – who else? Uh, Mike Rimmers, the blind side, Russell O'Kung. We've known the names because, obviously, y'all are hardcore fans and, and you follow the team and you know your stuff. But mainly, you've known the names of these left tackles because they haven't been good. Left tackle is just not the name that a casual fan or even just a, go- a a diehard fan really should be all that invested in. But in Carolina, it has been a revolving door figuratively and literally here with that position group. And that has ended now that Iki Aquano is here. Thank God. At left guard, Brady Christensen should be the starter coming off an injury. Not overly concerned about him. I uh, did see him out at the Whitewater Center for TuckFest on Saturday. I think I noticed a little bit of a limp. Maybe I'm speaking something out of nothing. But Brady Christensen, he's out there uh, being a good citizen, uh, getting into some local culture. So that's cool. Um, speaking of local culture, being a good citizen, getting out into the uh, public, Bradley Bozeman will be back at center. No concern about him at all. Thought he going to this last season would be one of the most important parts of that offense. And that turned out to be the case. Once Pat Elfline went out with that hip injury, which ended up costing him his career here in Carolina at right guard, Austin Corbett. I have major concern about Austin Corbett and whether he even will be available in the first half of this upcoming season based off of what happened to him with that torn ACL week 18. We will see the Panthers. Of course, are going to tell you that they hope he'll be ready for training camp and all that kind of stuff. We'll see y'all. And I'm not a doctor, as we know. Like David Tepper said, I'm not a doctor. You're not a doctor. I'm not a doctor. I've just, you know, noticed in the past uh, how guys recover from these ACL tears. And he's a big dude. He's got to bend down a lot. So we'll see how it works out. I'm sure the Carolina Panthers medical staff and whatever medical team that Austin Corbett's working with and rehab and all that kind of stuff, I know they're doing their best to get him ready and available just be prepared for someone like Cade Mays to kind of have to step in and be the starter for the uh, the first couple games, if need be. Then at right tackle, you got Taylor Moten. You feel good about those five, those six guys. They bring in Justin McCray, who has been everywhere with uh, offensive line coach James Campin, and he's someone who can be a reliable backup. He can play center. He can play any of the guard positions. That's great. But who's going to be your swing tackle? They have not replaced Cam Irving. I'm not saying they need to bring back Cam Irving, But that could be a worthy conversation to to be had after the draft. And when it comes to tackle, you're probably not going to find anyone right now who's a free agent and a veteran that is going to give you necessarily what you're looking for. Now, they're not looking for a starter. They're just looking for depth. But how quality of depth depth will that be? And as far as, like, undrafted free agents, I don't see tackle being the position that you want to address through undrafted free agency. Now, they're going to sign some because you have to get to 90 guys going to training camp, and you have to have some guys out there getting your, uh, I guess, Jacob Eason, who's the fourth-string quarterback, basically getting Jacob Eason killed late in the fourth quarter of the preseason game. Now, of course, hopefully that doesn't happen. I don't wish any ill will to Jacob Eason. He's got to have guys out there who can play and who can do get some, rap, some reps out there and so you can practice and do the whole offseason program, yada, yada, yada. I really feel like they need to go out there and try to look hard at finding a tackle in this draft. In 93 or 114, Like that's what I'm talking about. Brady Christensen, because you have Cade Mays, he could step in at left guard, and Brady Christensen could kick out the left tackle or right tackle if you need him to. We saw when he played his rookie year that He was the best left tackle on the team, and you can question why it took rule and that staff so long to get him out there, and rightfully so. But he's a rookie. He's a third-round pick. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, even though I know Panther fans would never give that staff the benefit of the doubt. For whatever reason, they didn't feel like it was time. And he looked like the better one because, like, look, guys, I mean, Pro Football Focus said he actually wasn't that great. When we looked at the games, we saw that, okay, this is – not nearly as bad. It's also it's not as bad. It's not any worse than what we had seen the last couple of weeks with the guys who played left tackle that season, especially um, with Russell O'Kung, the rental tackle, in and out of the lineup that season there in 2021. But Brady Christensen, someone who can be versatile, can play tackle for you, need be. But ideally, he's going to stay at left guard or at one of the guard positions, and then you could have someone who can come in and actually be that swing tackle for you moving forward. They just don't have that on the roster right now. Someone who they can develop was eventually. And I know we're not thinking about that right now. You're going to need uh, someone to step in for Taylor Moten. If Taylor Moten's play regresses, or if he has injuries, or if, you know, he just decided, they Panthers decided like, Hey, it's time to move on. Or he just gets old. He wants to retire. You, you got to have somebody that you've developed over the last couple of seasons that can step in there and maybe be your starter at right tackle. If, That's what it comes to in the end. I just feel like going into the draft, yeah, corner, edge, maybe wide receiver, not as much as I felt before, tight end. You could maybe go get somebody, but offensive line really feels like, offensive tackle primarily really feels like a position the Carolina Panthers should be looking long and hard at trying to not necessarily upgrade, but add some depth to in this locker room and in that position room. So look out for that. We'll see if that's what they uh, decide to do, especially looking at 93 and 114. Both those picks coming, I believe, well, one of them in the third round and the other one in the fourth round early on. All right, that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours truly, Julian Council. Again, y'all, subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure to check me out on Twitter at Julian Council. Follow me there. We're on Fridays, typically, not this Friday though, because we got to talk draft. I will answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at me or DM me over on twitter to get those questions in Uh, but in the meantime be safe be happy be whole as always keep pounding and coming up on tomorrow's show mike k from the charlotte observer back on the show one final time to break down the carolina panthers heading into the 2023 nfl draft all that coming up on wednesday here on locked on panthers